This is Lekka. I'm Lucy Dearlove. Welcome. It's a longer Lekka this time. This is the first of two parts of this episode, which is centred around the wonderful Deepa Patel, who runs Taste of Tooting Tours. I joined her back in May for an afternoon of trailing around Tooting Broadway with a microphone. She knows everyone who's anyone in the market and on the high street, and I've never eaten so much delicious food in all my life. I am sad to inform you that as this was recorded a couple of months ago, Mango season is now over, so the mango selection in Bavins will be somewhat depleted compared to what we saw. Please do still visit if you live anywhere near though. In fact, the same goes for anywhere mentioned in this episode, as they're all wonderful small businesses that deserve your custom and support. A reminder, this is part one of two of episode six of Lacquer. Back in the day, around the Anglo-Saxon times, this was a major trading road into London. So tooting actually means, or is supposedly said to mean um, people who tout. So it's believed that there was a tower somewhere around here and people would look out, look out for people coming into tooting, going up to London and people leaving. And so you've got the River Wandle that comes down from the Thames and it goes past Wandsworth and it comes down all the way and goes down to Merton and then around and then kind of finishes off around Croydon. Um, and so back in the day, during the Industrial Revolution, you had a lot of industry around there. One, because the river was really fast moving, so it was good to generate energy. But then also it was really good for cleaning. So you had textiles and tobacco, um, which are the main industries around here. and. So it's kind of, that's quite a nice kind of introduction into actually the industry that was here and the type of people that moved down to Tooting for that. So you had during the industrial period, a lot of people coming from rural areas into Tooting, settling here. You had big Irish community also coming here. Um, But then also because there were more people moving into the area, you needed service provision. So you had things like the Tooting Lido, which was like a a bar, Um, the library, you had the Granada, cinema which is now the bingo hall um which was built but then also the two markets which were built in 1930s so that was like the beginning of creating and making tooting a more kind of livable residential area after that you had the war and with the war uh there was a massive deficit in the labor market And because there was a massive deficit in the labour market, the government was looking at ex-colonies or colonial countries to bring in labour. So they looked at the Caribbean, brought labour in from there and also from India. So there were people who worked in hospitals and people who worked in the transport industry. You wouldn't have many people working in in the hospital here because the hospital wasn't brought here until later on. but yeah, you had a lot of people from different cultures coming in to London to work and, and provide a service. I'm interested in food, I'm interested in the ethics of food, I'm interested in ethical consumerism, and I'm also quite interested in environmental issues. Basically, the tour kind of came out of those interests. I, I've lived abroad for most of, well, not most of my life, but for a lot of my life, I've lived and worked abroad. And when I came back from living abroad, I moved back to Balham or moved to Balham where my mum grew up and where my grandmother lives and where my uncle lived. And I came back to a, a very different Balham to what I remembered. 
and I felt quite passionate about the ch- the changes and why those changes had ha- had happened. Um, passionate in the kind of more negative kind of way. The grocery shops that I, I used to visit with my grandmother weren't there anymore. The places that we used to eat together weren't there anymore. The people that I remembered weren't there anymore. And it almost became a little bit more of an impersonal space, a lot more chains, a lot, a higher turnover of, of restaurants. So the restaurants would come, they'd go within the space of a couple of years. Um, and also when you enter shops, there, was this, there wasn't chat, there wasn't this kind of interaction that I was used to when I went shopping with my grandmother. We also used to go down to Tooting as well. So I used to spend a lot of my summers here in, in Ballin with my grandmother. And those summers we used to go down in, into Tooting. Um, and some of those shops are still there. And mm. um, those memories are still there. And the market, even though it's changed, a lot of it is still quite quite similar. And I've got family who've had businesses in Tooting. Um, and I've got family who live around this area. So for me, going back to Tooting almost had, I had this massive flood of memories of, mm. of being with my grandmother, eating certain food, going and shopping um, with her and spending just, you know, good afternoons just walking around and soaking in the sounds and the tastes and the flavours and the smells of Tooting. And part of me felt like I kind of needed to, or wanted to, preserve that and I didn't want what happened to Balham to overspill into Tooting which mm. it is already kind of happening um, and so I had this idea and because when when my friends used to come and visit me I'd take them down into Tooting and show them my favorite places and a lot of my friends even though they're passionate about food a lot of them told me that they were quite scared of entering a lot of the more kind of ethnic supermarkets because one they didn't know what the vegetables were they didn't know how to approach the shopkeepers you know they're speaking in different languages people are shouting you've got the meat next to the vegetables there's like you may have vegetables on the floor it's a little bit more messy than going to I don't know the supermarket they kind of felt like if they went with someone who knew the shopkeeper and they were introduced and they were told about the different food there and they got to try things that that was almost an introduction that kind of broke that barrier or that you know kind of more kind of mental barrier and then they started to become a little bit more comfortable with entering these shops and often from that a whole new world opens up Mm. it changes the way you buy things it changes the way you look at food with my grandmother we used to go and buy um like indian groceries and these are groceries obviously that you don't get in the supermarket so you have to go down you've got to go to the grocery shop there was like a number of them and it's quite interesting with with my mum and with my grandmother when they go shopping they know the best place to get your tomato the best place to get the spinach the indian spinach best place to get the mangoes and so it's kind of having that knowledge Mm. but then also going there and knowing how to bargain down a price um, and knowing, you know, and also with Indian families, what we often do is we buy en masse. So it's buying a lot and then taking it home and then cooking it and then sharing it out amongst mm-hmm. the family and that kind of stuff. And the stuff that she used to buy, I mean, it's incredible because I think back in the day there, there probably wasn't as much variety as there is now. And if you look in a lot of the shops, like a couple of the Indian shops, they'll be selling African products, they'll be sending mm. Filipino products, they'll be... I mean, when we were young, because my, my grandmother was vegetarian, she would buy, you know, like, uh, aubergine, you know, the different types of aubergines. And everything was in season, so it wasn't yeah. in 
British season. It was in what we would say like global season. So like what's in season in India. So for example, the, the, the mangoes. When the mangoes are in season, everyone here goes mad and they're like, right, oh, that's okay. That's so interesting. Yeah, that. and there's like, and it's, it almost puts you in tune with other seasons around the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, with like different types of yam as well, like cassava. So my family, they're from India, but they're East African Indian. So we eat a lot of cassava and something called matoki, which is like a um, Ugandan kind of green banana, but it's almost like okay. very starchy. What they would do, like my grandma would go, would go and buy cassava, but you'd also have like African people buying cassava and people from South America buying cassava. She'd take the cassava home, peel, take off the outside, boil it, and then chop it up and then fry it. Either have that straight away, like that with salt and chili on the top, or fry it and then, you know, have it as like cassava chips. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. such a treat. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Gosh, what I was like, matoki. Normally you have matoki, um, you cut it up, you boil it, you take the skin off, you boil it, and then you can cut it up and then put it into curries. Mm. So traditional like Ken, uh, Ugandan dishes uh, have, a, but a lot of Indians like it because it's quite curryish. But you have like tomatoes, peanuts, onions, garlic, all of that kind of stuff, and then you put the matoki inside, mm. and then you have that. An Indian twist on it is to put like Bombay mix over the top. Oh, wow. So you kind of get that get crunch, crunch yeah. yeah. And so kind of like you see all these kind of, you know, meshing over of, of cultures and food. Yeah. And and there's a couple of places that we'll go to um, which are just known for Indian snacks. I like the, the thing that we normally do on a Sunday if I'm at my uncle's house, he'll go down and he'll get, it's called um, gandia and jellyby. And gandias are, are these massive long... They're almost like crisps. It's quite hard to explain okay. them, but they're they're made out of chickpea flour. Oh wow! And they're kind of shaped into this really kind of long, kind of tubular, kind of shape form. Um, deep fried. A lot of things are deep fried. Um, and then you have that with the with the carrot and cabbage and chili pickle. Mm. And then you have jellyby, which is this very sweet Indian. It's pretty much like deep fried sugar. <laughs> and they they put it straight into hot oil and it comes out and it's all like circular okay. and it's orange. I think a lot of people have seen it, but they don't really yeah, know yeah. what it is. So it's that combination. Like you have like spicy tea, have the ganja, have the spicy pickle, and then you cool it down with the, with the jelly bean. Thanks. So this is Pooja's. Pooja's opened in 1995. And when it opened, it was probably a quarter of the size of what wow. it is now and they do Indians especially people in from Gujarat they love eating snacks so Indians love sweet snacks savory snacks fried snacks everything um, and we normally have all, all of this stuff with chai so when you, when you go to someone's home they'll always give you a little bit of nasta a little bit of snack and some chai it's just like the standard thing some of the snacks you see you've got sweet snacks at the bottom you probably have if you go to someone's home they always have some kind of they call it mitai personally i like the milky stuff so it's made from milk powder and then they often mix different nuts inside i think that's quite nice um and then you've got your savory snacks up at the back so if you want to come here you've got what is called chibba it's like a mix of different uh, puffed up rice potatoes 
um, all deep fried lentils, peanuts, and you've got all the different types of chilba there and Bombay mix. And then a lot of the snacks also are made with chickpea flour. So instead of plain flour, like people used a lot of chickpea flour. And so you have these kind of, they're called gandia. And so it's just different snacks, all deep fried, made out of, of chickpea flour, basically. And then sprinkled with chili or, you know, with salt. My mouth is watering, I'm just talking about it, just looking. <laughs> I mean, they look amazing. It smells so good. <laughs> um, but you have like these kind of things which are like potato balls and then they're deep fried so they're spiced potatoes put in a batter and then deep fried and then you've got some of your more kind of traditional like bhaji stuff there what I think is really nice is this thing here it's called kamni okay the thing in the middle oh yeah and that's made from chickpea flour but this is it's steamed so they put it on a on a hot dish steam it and then roll it up and then chop it up and put coconut and coriander and that kind of stuff on the top. Yeah, so we'll have a couple of that and then we'll have a little bit of the chidba. Like a little bit and we'll go for kind of hottish. Cool. Alright. Not too hot. Okay, Adam. Don't know if I'm queuing up or not. Are you in the queue? Okay. Um can we get some comedy? Oh, and then you know the chidba? Can we get a small thing of um, hot chidba? Hot chidba? Yeah, but the small bowl. That's it. Yeah, how are you, Anita? So, um, I was just telling you, because we've, we've got some mogo, we've got some kamni, and some of the sweets For there. everyone? Yeah, for us too. For two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We've got a number of... Yeah. Where is other people today? Only two today. Yeah, only two because it's a it's a private tour. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm very lucky. Yeah. But maybe maybe you can just tell her a little bit about the jazz and the and the food. Maybe a little bit. Uh, what do you want, Mummy? Just tell me. So tell me what you, what do you sell here? We sell Indian, Pakistani, Bengali, all sweets and savouries. Uh, Sri Lankan, all food, all vegetarian. And how long yeah. have you been here? About. 22, 22 years? Wow. Yeah. And it looks like you're still really busy. Yeah. That's, That's now it's very quiet. Is if you go morning about uh, half 10, 11, it's outside the door, the queue. Yeah. Now it's, it's, a good it's, a good it's good We do yes. the cake also, eggless cake. Yeah. Oh, eggless. Okay. Eggless cake, eggless biscuits, sugar-free biscuits, sugar-free sweets. And what's your favourite thing that you sell here? What's your favourite thing to eat? What do you mean, sweet or savoury? Okay, give me one sweet, <laughs> one savoury. Samosa is the best in the world. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the samosa and the special price is full for a pound. About 20, same, uh, when we opened, same price. We didn't increase the price even. That's amazing. Yeah, and the hapshilva, rasmalai, is special. What's that? That's the uh, rasmalai is uh, dumpling, milk dumpling with the milk, with the pistachio, almond, saffron, and the halwa is like a sneaker without chocolate. <laughs> it's a milk and nuts and little bit flour. Okay, so I think first of all you need to try these chips. That's the cassava chips. Oh, so these are the cassava. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. Mmm, it's a little bit more fibrous in there. I really like the texture of it. Mmm. Now this stuff. 
Can you hold on to that? Yeah, this is a chedba. So this is like the kind of hot one. It's not the hottest. Oh my god. That was so good. Mmm. Mm. Just like the texture and the... There's so many different flavours in it. Yeah. Mm. It works so well, but if you look at it, I mean, you've got the rice. Mm. So that's like rice and then it's smushed up and then deep fried. Mm. you got the potatoes, you've got the lentils, you've got the nuts, mm. and then all the spices and sugar and... Oh my god, so it's, it's so good. It is a lot going on, but... It all works together. It all works together, and this is a, the kind of thing that you normally have with them um, with chai. Mm. The hot, spicy, but also sweet chai. So you have it with that, and then you kind of have this like hot cooling. Oh, but now this. Almost a little bit like pasta in mm. the texture. I think I wasn't expecting that texture. It's really good. Mmm. Like it's soft, but there's still like a bite to it. Mm-hmm. And you can taste that chickpea flour as well. What's this called again? This is called humni. I think it's like it's one of my favourites, just because it's got all those layers and mm. it's got the thing oh on the top. God, that is really good. Mm. What are those little? Are they mustard seeds? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like coriander? Coriander. They put a bit of spring onion on it. Mm. I feel like sometimes the, the flavour of chickpea mm. flour is quite addictive. Mm. I can definitely see myself craving that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the texture as well, it's so like, mmm. Yeah. It is good. Okay. There are also some of the grocery shops. There's one guy called Colin who um, he's, a, he's a Jamaican guy in Sunshine, Sunshine Foods. And <laughs> right. he loves just talking about all the different yams he's got, all the different types of plantain, um, the chilies. And then he'll, like, he also gives you recipes as well, like how he would oh, wow, cook breadfruit, how he would cook, I don't know, like, you can see he's really passionate mm. about his food. And then there's another guy called ba- uh, Rohit, who owns a place called Bavin. Um, that's like fruit and vegetable from around the world um he's been there for nearly 40 years so he's mm. been there for a very long time wow. and these these were one of the shots that i used to go down to with my grandmother and his story is really interesting because he's looking at retiring so we don't know how long bavins is going to be around for does he have kids that could take it on well yeah this is another thing because i think you know, he when he tells me about about him retiring, he's like, "Oh, my kids don't want to do that. They want to do a nine to five job. You know, they've got they've got degrees or accountants or whatever. Work. It's hard work. Yeah. It's really hard work. Like he when he started out, he you know he does seven days a week, yeah, early morning to late at night. Um, the profit margins as well with fresh fruit and vegetables isn't very high." There's a lot, a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of knowledge. And it's quite funny what he says. He goes, oh, you know, my kids have a PhD in accounting or whatever, but I've got a PhD in vegetables and that's almost harder to get. And yeah. it's it's so true because... It takes a lot longer to get that. It, yeah, and he's going out and he's buying this stuff and then bringing it there and knowing the customer mm-hmm. and knowing all of that. That's It is a lot of hard work and I think he definitely needs to put his feet up 
but it does make you think like who who would do like I don't know many people in my generation who would actually want to do that yeah it's it just doesn't seem you know like you wouldn't have time for a holiday or you wouldn't have time to put your feet up or relax no weekends off no weekends off like you're just constantly working 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 but this is Bavins. Um, you can see mangoes are in season. You've got those mangoes outside. So they're what Alfonso. If you smell it. Oh, wow. It smells like really creamy mango. Yeah. You know? But a lot of this, it, you can use it in um, like mango lassi. But what my mum does is she'll turn it into a mango puree. And then we just have that with like a, a, a bread, like an Indian, Indian deep fried bread. Oh God, so it's like a kind of sweet, kind of pudding, puddingy kind of thing. But we'll go inside. I don't know if we'll hit inside. And I see Alfonso mangoes are in season now. Full season. Full season. Alfonso and Kesa. Where they come yeah, they look so good. From India. From India. Yeah, I got a lot of Alfonso, a lot of Kesa. You know, yeah. got beautiful mangoes now. How long will they be in season for? Ah, uh, I reckon another one month is May. End of May, full season is in May. Yeah. And in June it will finish. Once it starts raining there, the season is over. And I mean, you got the small bananas. The custard apple, jackfruit, sugar cane, guava. Yeah, all the sugary stuff. Fresh dates. Mm, fresh Nespero. Look oh, at. Nespero fruit. Nes is uh, called Lucat or Nespero. What does it taste like? Uh, sweet and sour. A bit sweet and sour. Have you tried custard apple before? No, I've never tried it. Okay, we'll try custard apple. Okay. So you've got um, leafy stuff here. I mean, this is like Indian spinach. Mm. They're really this strong, thickly. Yeah, and so you're going to really cook this stuff down. Mm. but. I mean, you know, if you're making sog paneer or sog aloo, that's the kind of stuff you want to use instead of the stuff. The baby leaf. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I love about this place is just every time you come, it's something different. Mm. There's like different, you know, like they've got, but this is like proper tamarind. So you get tamarind in a box like that, mm. but then that's sweet tamarind and often you can just eat that normally. But if you want to make a paste for your curries, this is the kind of stuff that you need because this makes this like makes like the real deal kind of stuff, you know. Um, this is like extremely, extremely sour. <laughs> really good. That's why like, it brings the sauces, doesn't it? Like that kind of like sour. Yeah, sweet yeah. Normally like a sweet, soury kind of um, tang, but you can't. I don't think there's anything else you could replace it with. You know, like people say lemon, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the it's same. same. Yeah, it's not the same. This is. Is it the? Oh, so that's matoki. Of course, it's kind of like a plantain. Like yeah. Sort of same family. Yeah, but plantains are a bit more sweeter. This is like a little okay. bit more potatoey. I mean, you've got your turmeric. Oh yeah. So you've got fresh your turmeric. orange turmeric there, and then your white turmeric here, and that's really good for pickling as well. Mm. And my mum normally she pickles that, and then she'll have a spoon in the morning when she wakes up. Because turmeric's really good for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's really good for you. And then you've got your Papayas, your green papayas, good for salad. Oh yeah, they have a lot of that in Southeast Asian. Yeah, and yeah. And I mean, it's great that you can find that here. I mean, often you don't really use it in Indian cooking. 
But then you have all these ingredients that you don't use in Indian cooking, but other cultures use them. Yeah. So. So again, it's like you were saying about that mix of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and yeah. And so this is uh, the famous cassava. Yeah. So they put wax on the outside, so it's okay, just so better for importing and traveling. It, yeah. um, but normally you'd, you'd remove the skin, and then you use a fleshy bit inside, which is that's the best bit. This custard one is, apple. It's custard apple. It's custard apple. You can often get this one in India, can't you? Um, but what they normally like. There's two, three versions. Okay. Two, three types. But uh, it's the same family, different form of chef. Okay. They do taste different one to another one. And they taste different? Slightly, yeah. 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 This one is the sweetest one of all. Next one is sweet, but it's got a little uh, another taste behind it, like a lemony. Oh. Yeah, that is called ramphal. Oh, huh. Why they call sita fall? Because sita is sweet. Oh, does sita mean sweet in yeah. in Hindi? Sita. Uh, sita Ram and sita. Ram sita. Okay. Sita is like the Ram sita. So sita is sweet. Yeah. You know, with a lady, of course. So then this is named. This is named after yeah. after her. Yeah. Uh, that's nice. Oh. 1.99 a litre. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because this is quite interesting because this obviously grows in Brazil. It also grows in India. Okay. And it's the same as a cassava, which was actually traditionally indige indigenously from South America. But then it got taken because it's such a hardy plant. Then it got taken to Africa, and because in Africa, loads of people started eating it, and a lot of Indians started mm. eating it. Then it got taken to India. And now people will love it in India it's and then it's, circle. yeah, exactly. And now it's gone, I know like we've got friends in Malaysia and they're like, yeah, you can buy, you can buy cassava now here because there's a demand for people. My new memories are, of, you know, of going to this Filipino place, which is my favorite. The lady who owns it is a, is a woman called Valley. She is just like a character and a half. Um, and cause I lived in the Philippines, I think I was instantly drawn to this place. The the thing that's really interesting with that shop is that it's a shop and then she she turned it into a, a cafe. She does remittance there because remittance is really important in the Filipino culture. A lot of Filipinos live outside mm. of the Philippines and they send money back. Mm. And because the hospital is just down there, you've got a lot of Filipinos of who need to send money back to um, the family. So this has almost become more of a hub. Mm you know, where people can go, like, during their lunch break or whatever. She also does deliveries down to, oh, wow. to St. George's. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, but you look at the space and it's so small. And she used to do karaoke there as oh well. So, <laughs> so it is, I mean, it's, it's like a really interesting place, but I, I think a lot of people don't really know what Filipino food is. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is quite foreign. Yeah. Um, they, they use, like, a lot of offcuts and a lot of offal and... And sometimes the flavours aren't traditionally what we would associate with Oriental food. So they've got this this mixture of they use a lot of spam, which is quite interesting mm. because they've you know that was like an American influence, and the Americans were there with the military, so they brought over with them spam and tomato ketchup. And it's funny on Christmas they eat um, they eat spaghetti bolognese. No way. But yeah, but it's like it's not like the spaghetti bolognese we know. It's yeah. like very sweet, oh, very tangy. Yeah. But then also they've got this influence from Spain. 
so with Spain, there's like that vinegar influence. So you mm. have a lot of vinegar. So I think a lot of the, the flavors are salty, a little bit vinegary mm. and a little bit sweet. Um, but you don't really have much spice in Filipino food. And you don't really have all that much of, uh, I don't know, with like, it's not all that fragrant. Okay. Like we, like we would associate maybe with like, you know, Thai. And I think she's one of the best. Filipino restaurants in well in uh-huh. London because it's proper home cooked food. That marks the end of part one of this episode of Lekker. This is probably as close as we'll ever get to a Lekker cliffhanger. Thanks so much for listening this far, and I hope you're suitably intrigued by Valley's Filipino restaurant. I will take you there right at the beginning of part two, which you can listen to right now. A huge thanks as ever to the amazing Ben McDonald, Lekker's resident illustrator. You can check out the bespoke illustrations he's done for this episode on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Lekker Podcast, where you can also keep up with our latest news and happenings if you don't already. And you can find out more about Deeper and her tours at tasteoftootingtours.com. But it's too soon to say goodbye to her, so press play on part two now. <laughs> <laughs>